So I recently received this question from a new leader who inherited an organization full of employees. The question was, how can I determine who is loyal to me and who is not? What a great question. I can't wait to talk about it. Welcome to Life and Leadership with Kim Williams. I'm the CEO of Interfaith Family Services, a nonprofit that provides housing, help, and hope for families facing homelessness. I'm also the principal of Kim Williams Consulting, a change management firm that empowers nonprofits to change for the better. And I'm the author of Diary of an Insecure CEO, How I Went from Feeling Rejected to Raising Millions. I've led through a variety of organizational issues while raising over $50 million to fight poverty and learning a lot in the process. I created this podcast to share those lessons and help you to successfully navigate life and leadership. So let's get started. One of the things that I enjoy doing at least once per month is answering a listener question. I recently came across one from a new leader that I thought would be great for the podcast. So this new leader asked, as a new leader who inherited an organization full of employees, how can I determine who is loyal to me and who is not? What a great question, and I can't wait to talk about it. First, I want this new leader to ask themselves, why is loyalty important at this stage in the game? You see, when you're a new leader and you're new to a role, the loyalty of your team is not essential because you should only be observing, evaluating, and planning. There's no need for alliances because the course is not set yet and the character of the crew has not yet been determined. Until such time that it is, my advice is to walk in integrity and share only those thoughts that are essential to managing the day-to-day. However, when the time does come to test for loyalty, there is only one word that you'll need to use in the evaluation process, and that word is no. Listen, I have over 25 years of leadership experience in the nonprofit sector, working with organizations of varying sizes, issues, and belief systems. I've led a variety of people and worked with dozens of leaders. And one thing I know for sure is that you never know a person until you tell them no. Think about it. No is a great loyalty test. After all, when you agree with them, support them, and approve their request, they have no reason to be anything other than positive toward you. But when you tell them no, that's when what they really think of you and your leadership comes out, either directly or indirectly. And there are three primary yet telling responses when you do say no. The first is like this. For those who are immature, their dissatisfaction will show up immediately on their face and in their attitude. Don't respond to it, but don't ignore it. Just make note of it. Number two, for those who are more manipulative, they'll appear to understand your decision on the surface, but watch who they align themselves with. If suddenly they're seen with your known critics, know that they've likely become one of them. Number three, 
For those who are mature, they'll express how they feel directly to you. They may even give you reasons to reconsider your decision. But if you don't, they'll respectfully accept your decision and move forward. They may not like it, but you won't hear anything about it through the grapevine, and after a few days, it'll appear as if the disagreement never occurred. So you see, when leading, keep in mind that you never know a staff member, board member, or donor until you tell them no, even if you've been in relationship with them for years. That's why it's wise to keep a positive and professional demeanor at all times. Noting that whatever you say can and will be used against you if it turns out that the person is immature or manipulative. With that being said, I'm not saying to just go around randomly telling people no for the heck of it. But what I am saying is that there are some things you should not do until a person has passed the no test. On one more important note, when you tell a person no, give it a couple of weeks. If in that time you don't hear or see anything negative, they aren't behaving passive aggressively, or they aren't radio silent in group settings, but full of things to share in your one-on-ones, you may just have a mature person on your hands that is loyal enough. And I say loyal enough because in the end, we all do what's best for us and our families when it comes to our careers, or at least we should. You should not expect them to turn down a great opportunity with great pay and great benefits to stay with you any more than they should expect that of you. So now that you know what to do to determine who is reasonably loyal or loyal enough, what do you do about the other 75% of your team that may not pass the test? Let's talk about leadership strategies for dealing with the average modern employee in a way that reduces bad morale or a toxic culture. When it comes to how you deal with the majority of your team, there are three things that I recommend for all leaders. Number one, do not confide in the members of your team that have not passed the no test. It's never a good idea for a leader to confide in an untested employee or board member. In other words, if you haven't seen how the person responds to hearing news that they do not like, do not let them know how you feel about news you don't like. I've had employees and board members that I've worked with on a regular basis for more than a year. These employees were always complimentary and helpful, at least when I spoke with them one-on-one. And I had no reason to believe that they were not supportive of my leadership. Yet, I've seen these very same people turn on a dime the moment I denied them a request. I had an employee that I had nothing but a good working relationship with for more than two years turn on me when I would not improve or more accurately extend a hybrid schedule for them many, many years ago. Their response was to write a letter to the board completely misrepresenting the meeting that we had to discuss the schedule. And they wrote this letter in an attempt to make me seem mean and unreasonable. Thankfully, and just by happenstance, I had a witness who happened to be in the waiting area waiting on a meeting with me who overheard the whole meeting 
Then I had a board member who seemed to be my biggest cheerleader until I failed to hire someone they recommended. This person they recommended had a spotty employment record, and so I declined. The response of this board member? Call a special meeting asking for an investigation into my hiring practices. I kid you not. Fortunately, my amazing executive committee had my back. Now, imagine if I'd shared a fleeting negative thought that I had on a hard day or a minor annoyance with either this employee or that board member. Do you doubt for any moment that they would have used that statement against me? Again, before I said no to these individuals, I would have never pegged them to do anything like what they did. They seem to be kind, supporting, and very hardworking members of my team. But no is a real motivation measure. Number two, do not promote staff until they've passed the no test. It's really important that you refrain from promoting someone before you witness their response to constructive criticism or denied request. You need to know how they'll respond to you and the effect that response will have on the team dynamics with the rest of the leadership team. Negative and disgruntled staff have a way of spreading their feelings to other staff. The last thing you need is a negative leadership team. And it's important that you don't promote someone until you see how they handle challenging situations. Because if you promote the wrong person, a challenging situation will inevitably come And their negativity will impact the culture and overall success of the organization and maybe even your career. So that's number two. Don't promote them until they pass the no test. And finally, number three, do not allow staff to have access to sensitive information until they pass the no test. Until you know how a person responds to constructive criticism and deny requests, don't give them access to confidential information even seemingly unharmful information like donor list or board member list. The damage they can do with just one negative email can take weeks or even months to unravel. Of course, when you hire a new development personnel, you may have no other choice but to give them this information. But with that being said, that's why you follow the two top rules. Because if you remain professional and positive in their presence, keep negative thoughts to yourself, and you don't promote them, giving them influence over others, it minimizes their damage, even if they have sensitive information. Okay, so as it relates to communication boundaries that promote a positive workplace culture, let's review the three rules that I just shared. Number one, do not confide in team members, whether staff, board, or donors who have not passed the no test. Number two, do not promote team members who have not passed the no test. Number three, whenever possible, do not allow team members who have not passed the no test to have access to sensitive or confidential information. Now, I know you may feel like you have to be extra guarded at work, but it's really not the case. You just have to keep it professional and save your venting for the support system that you have outside of the office. Believe me, I learned this lesson the hard way and I'm not alone. Several of my colleagues and clients have also learned it the hard way. This is why I've dedicated an entire podcast 
to helping you avoid this difficult and sometimes heartbreaking lesson. Now, with that being said, let me offer you this final word of encouragement. The saying, leadership is lonely, is an old one because it stood the test of time. The idea that you and your leadership team can be besties is a TV show-inspired fantasy in most cases. Leadership isn't just about inspiring visions, big speeches, perks, and benefits. At the heart of leadership is the ability to make difficult decisions and pursue perilous paths that others cannot or will not pursue. You hear me say it often. Leadership requires doing what is difficult to achieve what is great. Part of what makes it difficult is developing the discipline to speak and act carefully in an emotional and sometimes stressful and even, yes, lonely situation. But I believe you were chosen for this. I believe that you have what it takes, even if you don't know it yet, to do what's difficult. You've just got to commit to elevating your game as a leader and a professional. You can do this. I know you can because I did it and I believe in you. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come thanking you for every leader, every laborer, every aspiring leader that's listening to this podcast. We thank you for the lessons that we've learned. We thank you for the information that's shared. And we thank you for the example of our Lord Jesus, who showed us how to be quiet in stressful situations, who in dealing with some of the most challenging moments of his life on earth was silent in the face of opposition and spoke wisely at other times. We thank you for that example. We know that it's possible with his help because your word says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And so as we elevate our leadership, as we develop new disciplines, as we learn to tame our tongues, we ask that you would be with us, that you would provide us grace to do what's difficult and mercy when we fail to. And we thank you for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Today's tips can be found on my website, kimwconsulting.com. Just click the resource tab in the menu. You can also find information about my consulting services and upcoming events and subscribe to my monthly life and leadership newsletter. If you found this podcast helpful, please share, rate, and subscribe. Thank you for listening. And remember, change is inevitable, but changing for the better isn't. Change wisely. Change wisely.